Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, veterinary life coach, life work alignment pro, and UC Davis vet school grad. Hello, everyone. I am excited to expand on the practical applications of what we have been learning about self-coaching in today's episode, lucky number 13. Before we start, if you have any questions or would like to contact me, please reach out on my Insta profile at DaringDVM, or you can visit www.daringdvm.com to send me a message. I love hearing from you. Also, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. It helps me gain visibility and reach more listeners just like you. I know there are listeners who are unable, for whatever reason, to join me in the Daring DVM coaching program. And for those people, I still want to create content and make it available in a way that is useful and life-changing. Yes, Having a coach is totally awesome and will speed up your process of self-development, personal growth, and creating the life that you truly want. But even just getting the basics out to you is going to be super helpful. And I am all about helping my fellow vet med peeps. So today we are going more in depth into the self-coaching model. This is a way in which we address our problems in coaching. Last week, we covered the basics, and we talked about how the model can help you see what you are creating in your life and why it's almost impossible to create change without first addressing your underlying thoughts and feelings. If you have not yet listened to episode 12, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it first and then return to today's episode. As a reminder, Brooke Castillo, founder of the Life Coach School, is the person who first created the model and put the model into practice. She didn't invent coaching or the concepts behind the tool, but she is the woman who pioneered this way of thinking, and it has changed the face of how we perform our coaching sessions using this model as a guide. I use this model with all my clients, and I use this model when coaching myself. And my own coaches use this model with me. Yes, even coaches need coaches. That is the secret to managing your mind. It is so important to use these concepts to reveal what your brain is thinking, because that's the only way you will ever be able to create lasting change in your life. For those of you who would like a visual of this, you can go to my Instagram profile at DaringDVM, and it will be pinned to the top of the profile. Do not underestimate its simplicity, because using it and applying it will really change your life. Okay, so let's start off by doing a quick recap of what we learned last week. The self-coaching model consists of five components. These are 1. Your circumstances, 2. Your thoughts, 3. Your feelings, 4. Your actions, and 5. Your results. Your circumstances are just things in your life over which you have no control. They are things external to you. Now, they may not always feel that way, and this is typically why we spend a lot of time here in coaching. 
Figuring out what the problem is and really stripping it down to its most basic parts is essential to healthy coaching. The most important thing to remember about circumstances is that they are facts. Think of it like you could prove it in a court of law. It is something everyone can agree on. And spoiler alert, if it is something that not everyone can agree on, it is actually just a thought. I know, I know, you're looking at me weird, but hang in there as we continue to explore this. The other things that fall into the circumstance category are your past, it happened, it was real, you cannot go back in time and change it, and two, other people. You cannot control or change other people. Now, all of these things, events outside of yourself, your past, and other people, are all neutral. They are just circumstances in your life. And they only become meaningful when you have a thought about them. They are neutral until you have a thought about them. Now thoughts are the next component of our model. Thoughts are a huge part of our lives. The average person has over 60,000 thoughts per day. That's a whole lot of thinking. And the scary part is, many of those are subconscious. We don't even know that we're thinking them. How crazy is that? Thoughts are just the individual sentences in our mind. In coaching, we look at these sentences and we evaluate them. We look for subjective words, implied meanings, descriptions, adjectives. This is so important because a lot of what we think is factual is actually just a story made up from the sentences in our mind. So we have to evaluate each sentence carefully and thoroughly to determine if it is a fact, that is a circumstance, or if it's actually a thought. If you learn nothing else besides the difference between a thought and a circumstance, you are still well on your way to understanding how your brain works and how it affects you. So, circumstances are something we can all agree on. They are neutral. They are factual. For example, this is a stethoscope. We all know what this piece of medical equipment is. No one is going to argue that it has a different purpose. Other facts sound like, this light is on. That person did these specific actions. He said those specific words. This event happened in my past. Now, if you start adding descriptors like, he said this horrible thing, or she accomplished that amazing task, or this is the best stethoscope in the world, you can see how these things are no longer strictly factual. Anytime you add a clarifier, a descriptor, an opinion, a judgment, you have moved into the thought line. So remember this as you are going through life. Nothing that has happened to you is painful. Nothing that has happened to you is beautiful. These are only thoughts, your interpretations of the facts. And this is important because when you choose a thought about something, this is when you determine how you feel. So this brings us to the next line, which is your feelings. When using the model, we only use one feeling at a time. A thought can make you feel many different things, but as good practice, you should only use one feeling at a time to truly see how that thought is playing out in your life. Another important part to this concept is you must separate out your thoughts from feelings. People struggle with this. When someone asks you how you are feeling, many of you actually will answer with thoughts. 
in a coaching session, if we are talking about your partner who said something to you, and I ask you how you felt hearing that, many of you will answer with something like, well, it made me feel like he doesn't care. It made me feel like she never listens to me. My friends, these are thoughts. They ain't no feelings. A feeling is one word. That's it. If you didn't like what your partner said, maybe your feeling is sad or angry or hurt. And conversely, if you did like what your partner said, maybe your feeling is loved or happy or secure. Whatever you're feeling, based on what you're thinking, is just a one-word answer that goes into the feelings line of your model. Your thought is just a single sentence about what was said to you, and the circumstance are the exact words of what was said, the actual words that came out of your partner's mouth. Not the tone, not the way they said it, no interpretation at all, just the facts. The next line of the model is action. Your feelings drive your actions. For example, when you're at work, think about when you feel caring towards your client, what do you do? Versus when you feel frustration towards your client, what do you do? I bet that in the model where you feel caring, you take time to thoroughly answer their questions. You don't roll your eyes when they call you with a follow-up or when they inevitably ask you to explain something again. If you're feeling frustrated, then you're probably going to be short with them. You may refuse to speak with them directly when they call with another question. Or, if they are still in the hospital, you may send your tech to deal with it because you are over their bullshit. Now notice, I'm not saying that one is right or wrong, or that one is better or worse. What I am saying is take notice of how those two different feelings create different actions from you. Those actions are very different based on what you're feeling which ultimately comes from the thought you are thinking about the client. Now, the most important thing about actions is that they create every single result that you have in your life. What you do and what you don't do will always create your result. So let's recap quickly because this shit's important. Circumstances are facts. They are neutral. Thoughts are the sentences in your mind about the circumstance. Your thoughts about the circumstance will always create a feeling. That feeling will cause your actions. These will be actions, inactions, or reactions. And these actions will create a result. That is how the world works. Basically, your results are a summation of all the thoughts you have in your life. And your life is the summation of all the results that you create. Let's do an example together. You can write this down on paper or type it, or if you're driving or listening to this in the middle of surgery, then just run it through your mind. You can always find a safe and quiet place later in which you can write things down. So think about anything that is going on with you right now. And just write it down. It can be whatever you want. Something awesome. Something shitty. It can be something going on in your life right now or something from the past. Whatever it is, write it down. Now take a look at what you've written down and try to classify it into a line in the model. Did you write down a circumstance? Is this how you're feeling about something? 
are these actions that you're taking in your life? Did you write down what you were thinking? Is this a result that you're experiencing? Let's look at some examples to help you. If you're my client and you come to me and say, I don't get along with this particular technician, we will put that into your action line, the action of not getting along with that technician. If you say to me, I don't feel like I'm a good doctor, that's a thought. If you tell me that you're bad at surgery, that's also a thought. These are not circumstances. They are not factual. They are your own opinions of yourself. They are what you think about yourself. Now, some of you will argue that it is true. You are bad at surgery, and it feels very true. But because it is subjective, the word bad is subjective, it is not a fact. What does the word bad even mean? Because we may have very different definitions of the word bad. I may interpret the word bad to mean it takes you four hours to spay a cat, while you may mean that you're bad at surgery because your incision doesn't look as pretty as your colleagues. Or maybe you mean that you're bad at surgery because you once had a bleeder that you couldn't find and your boss had to help you locate the vessel and ligate it. Or maybe you mean bad because you legit faint every time you see blood. But whatever it is, you can see how the word bad carries a very different interpretation and meaning and weight in each scenario. So no, when you come to me and tell me that you are bad at surgery, I will not believe you. Now, another example is if you tell me you're anxious, we'll put that in the feeling line. If you tell me you feel a sense of failure, we may put that in the feeling line. However, if you tell me you feel like you're failing as a mother, that goes into the thought line. So now you can begin to see that when you put things into the model, it's really helpful in evaluating your life. Everything has a place. Nothing is too overwhelming or ambiguous to deal with. So once you've categorized whatever it is you're dealing with, then we look at what is the cause of it. And spoiler alert, it is always your thinking. The cause of whatever you're feeling, the cause of your actions, inactions, reactions, the cause of your results, they are all caused directly by your thinking. This is why it's so important that you always pay attention to what is going on in your brain. Most of us don't pay attention to our brain because it requires effort. It requires effort to evaluate every little thing in your life. It takes effort to use your brain to monitor your brain. So instead, many of us choose to ignore it. And this comes at a great cost to you. Because when you only think on autopilot, chances are you're using old patterns of thinking that are creating the results in your life that you don't want. Once you've categorized what you're dealing with, then you fill out the rest of your model. So here's an example. Say you come to me with the circumstance. A client filed a board complaint against you. That is the circumstance. We can all agree that this is what the client did. We could prove it in a court of law. So now I ask you, what is your thought about it? You think the reason you're upset is because this client filed a board complaint against you. But really, you are upset because of the thought you're having about it. There are so many options, right? 
You could be thinking that this client is a jerk and doesn't like you. You could be thinking that you're a failure and shouldn't be a doctor. You could be thinking about how your colleagues are going to judge you when they find out about it. You could be thinking, this is devastating. My career is over. My family is going to starve because I'm going to lose my job and my good name and no one will ever hire me or trust me again and I'm going to live under a bridge. On the other hand, and I'll preface this by saying, it's not likely many of you will be thinking these types of thoughts. But you could also say, hey, I can see what went wrong and this is just what I needed to reevaluate my current practices. Or maybe this client is really hurting and even though I know I did nothing wrong, I can understand what they're going through. Or what if they're just taking out their frustration on me and this is a good opportunity for me to reassess how I interact with people in these types of situations. Yes, I can totally see you rolling your eyes at me right now, probably thinking, what the fuck, Amy, if a client files a board complaint against me, I'm definitely not going to say, hooray, what an opportunity to reevaluate my current practices. How awesome. Friend, I get it. To be completely honest, that's probably not going to be my go-to thought either. But what I hope you take away from this is that you can see how there are always other options available. We may not choose them, or even want to choose them, but they do exist. Look at all the different thoughts you could think in that moment. The thing is, most of us don't take the time to think about what we want to think about. We just let our brain pick something by default, and whatever we choose to think about, whether it be consciously or unconsciously, is what is going to make us feel the way we're going to feel. And the way you feel in that moment will determine what you do. So if you really are thinking, okay, this board complaint is an opportunity to reassess how I'm practicing, then you may feel determined. You may take actions like reevaluating your current decision tree, your client communication, attending CE for the latest updates, offering support to the client during this stressful time, even if you're not actually at fault, finding ways to continually improve and doing even better than you did before. Or you could be thinking, my career is over and you're feeling depressed. And then you judge yourself. You lose confidence in yourself. You may quit vet med altogether. Maybe you're now too afraid to practice because you don't ever want to go through this again. And then you're going to take actions that prove to yourself that you are incompetent and that you shouldn't be a vet anyway. Notice that the result you create is always going to be a reflection of your thought. Your result will always prove your thought. This is how you use the model to see what you are creating for yourself in your own life. Now, some tips to help you apply this. Firstly, make sure you only work with one thought at a time. You can have many different thoughts about a particular situation, but each thought goes into its own model. Secondly, only use one feeling at a time. Some thoughts will generate multiple feelings, and in order to see specifically what actions that particular feeling is generating, 
you have to work with just one at a time. So ask yourself, when I feel depressed because I'm thinking that my career is over, what do I do? What do I not do? This thought may also generate feelings of fear, anger, inadequacy, self-doubt, whatever. But each of those will go into their own model. Thirdly, and this is where people tend to get lazy, is filling out the action line as completely and thoroughly as you can. Get really specific on what actions you take. Get really specific on what actions you do not take. This is so important. Getting really clear and detailed with your actions will be very helpful in revealing your result. I cannot state this enough. It may seem tedious, but do it. The fourth tip I will offer is don't go judging yourself when you see what it is that you are creating in your life. It can be very overwhelming. And if you don't like your results, there's no point in beating yourself up about it. Be kind. Be compassionate. Otherwise, you will block yourself from figuring out what it is you want to create instead. If you have a lot of negative thinking, you're probably going to have a lot of little negative results in your life. So be curious. Be compassionate. Because this is the most exciting part. Once you see what you're creating, you have the power to change it. You have the opportunity to make some amazing changes. The other important part is, do not rush through the process. Many clients will see what they are thinking and creating and then go, bloody hell, how do I change this immediately? The answer is, it takes time. In order to create a different result, you need to change your thinking. But this doesn't always mean that you are ready to change your thinking. The important part about self-discovery is being able to sit with what you have as a current reality and learn to accept it. If you try to change your thoughts too quickly, it's because you are running away from your current result rather than learning how to truly understand it in a way that allows you to create change. And when you try to change too quickly, you will fail to learn whatever it is that you need to learn in order to evolve into the next best version of yourself. You have to slow down to see your current patterns and to understand what you're thinking and why you are thinking it. You really need to believe that it is not the thing that is happening in your life, but the way you are thinking about the thing that is happening in your life. That is what is creating how you feel, how you act, and the results you get. It's really liberating to truly understand how much power you have in your own life. You have control over how you think about what is happening to you. Once you've really taken the time to be in a space of understanding, then you're well equipped to move on and you can create new models and adopt new ways of thinking because you will truly understand the power of your thoughts. New thoughts will change the way you feel, the way you act, and the results you create in your life. And that, my friends, is the magic of thought work and of the self-coaching model. So, if you're new to coaching and to thought work, and this is the first time you're hearing about this, 
I would like to offer that if you're willing to practice the model and to learn how to use it in your life, you will be able to create any result that you want. I promise you this. This is one of the biggest gifts I have ever given myself. And it is a gift I so badly want to give to you too. If you would like help learning this and implementing this, then please come coach with me in the Daring DVM coaching program. This is where I work one-on-one with you to apply these concepts in your own life to create the life that you are just longing to live. Come find me on my website, www.daringdvm.com and on Instagram at daringdvm. And if you'd like a visual of what the self-coaching model looks like, you're going to find it on my Insta at daringdvm. It's going to be pinned to the top. Okay, my friends, I love who you are. And even more than that, I love who you are becoming. Dare to dream. See you all next week. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come check out the Dare to Dream coaching program. It's where you can get individual help applying the concepts to your own life. This is where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will up-level your life even more. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life, I guarantee it. Come join at www.daringdvm.com. That's daringdvm.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.